Who's Bekistan? Where's Bekistan? Why's Bekistan? How's Bekistan? Beck is in Uzbekistan. What's going good and what's going bad? And she's live from Tashkent, Uzbekistan, in the heart of Central Asia. Hey friends, welcome to episode three of Uzbekistan, live from Tashkent, Uzbekistan. So, I have been back. I guess about four weeks. Gosh, time is really flying. Okay, so let me dive right into what am I excited about. I am excited about public transportation, most notably a metro system. So, uh, you know, I was really hoping to live downtown this year, but that was not possible. So I live on a neighborhood that's kind of right on top of downtown, it is technically walking distance, but it's it's far, and it's not a particularly pleasant walk. Um, though, depending on where I'm going, I can do it. Um, but into, into other parts of town, it would be too far to walk. And I'm trying to minimize my taxi usage since I need taxis to go to school. And that just bleeds a lot of money, and I really don't like the driving style here, and traffic is horrendous. So, I'm trying to only taxi to school, and then for everything else, trying to metro or walk. So, last year, I only took the metro a few times under various circumstances because I did not live near one, and it just kind of served no purpose. But, I currently live between two metro stations. So, one is maybe about a 20-minute walk, 22-minute walk, and that just goes one more station out to the end of the line. And I do use that other station. Um, I've got some friends who live over that way. There's a restaurant I like over that way and some other purposes over there. But more commonly, I go to the other station, which is maybe about a, I don't know, maybe 17, 16-minute walk uh, from my apartment and that is just one stop away from the city center and then change trains and I'm at an area of town that I commonly in. So, it was hell at first trying to figure out a lot of exits, you know, once you get off the train to get myself on the right side of the street and I have to change trains a lot and kind of making sure I'm on the right side of the platform and I kept having to wait in line to buy a ticket. And when I say wait, I'll wait in line, that's completely inaccurate. It's wait in the mob and elbow my way to the front. But now that I'm about three weeks into this metro process, I'm doing better. I got a metro pass, so all I have to do is click in. I don't have to buy a ticket. I've gotten a little bit better with which exits to get up, but I can still get hemmed up with that. But I've, I've improved a bunch. And it's just wonderful. I just, since I was a child, the first time I rode a metro was in D.C. And I had the fantasy of living in a city with a metro. And it's great. You know, you just go down the stairs. You wait a few minutes. You jump on in the sea of humanity. You get whizzed through town. And then you jump off. And that's that. So, just not having to fool with a car. 
Um, you know, it, it, it may add on some time compared with the taxi, but it's more pleasant. Now, after I've had to do this 500 million times, I may retract my statement. Maybe I do just want to jump in the taxi. But for now, I'm digging it. So I take the, ta take the metro. I work twice a week um, at a in a moonlighting gig that's, that's in the heart of downtown. So I'm definitely do the metro then. I wouldn't want to have to do this every day as a commute. But, you know, several times a week is fine. And it's great people watching. That's been, yeah, just enjoy enjoy the people watching. Most people on there are pretty courteous. Um, I'm considered an old lady here. So, you know, frequently people give me their seat. So that's nice. But luckily I'm not going far. So anyway, so yeah, cheers for the metro system. Very excited about cheap, easy public transport. The cost to ride the metro is 1,400 psalms in local money. And so that is about 12 cents U.S. 12 cents. So very, very affordable. Okay, moving on to what am I puzzled by. So about two weeks ago, um, I experienced overt sexism for the first time in my life. And... My ears just could not believe what I was hearing. Um, let me preface this by saying that both of these anecdotes somewhat have a happy ending, but nevertheless just really experienced some shock. So I was with my school at a team building day at a conference center. And so there was different like icebreaker trot type um you know, escape room type little novelty activities that we were completing as a team. And I heard this phrase two times. Just let the men do it so we will win. And I'm like, I know I did not hear that right. And so one time I heard it was, it was a novelty game where there's like a group of six people and your feet are all tied together and the person in the front's like carrying a balloon. So I like lined up to do it. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, we've got six people. And I'm trying not to give away this person's job title in case they figure out who this is. But a high-ranking official at my school was like, you know, it's, what did he call it? It's positive prejudice or it's it's positive, what did he call it? Not racism. Um, but yes, yeah, like, yeah, 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 like, just, you know, just let the men handle it. And I was like, no, 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 we're going to work together on it. So I will say that when I drew this to this person's attention, he did say, okay, take my spot, because there was only room for six people. And he did give me his spot in the game. And I'm here to tell you, so I did this little novelty game with five other, five other men, and we got our butts kicked. We were the worst one. I look over there. There was a team that had five girls and one guy. And they, I'm trying not to use any profanity, um, they won by a long shot because they were over there working together. It wasn't a game of strength. It was a game of collaboration. But it really did reveal to me that that's how they think. 
So I would like to emphasize that when I confronted this person on this, they did get out of the way. Uh, that was episode one. Episode two was another game where, like, we had a paper plate and we were supposed to see which team could scoop the most paper fishes into a zone. And a young man who works at my school said, just put the men in front so we can just do it and we'll win. And I said, no, we're going to work together on this. Here, let's make a little chain. You scoop the fish over here and I'll scoop them into the zone. And again, I mean, I just, I can't emphasize this enough. I just couldn't believe that people overtly would say that. So, now with that person... Coincidentally, I was chatting informally with them yesterday, and they told me that they had been a professional dancer before they worked at the university. And, you know, it kind of made me think, like, I don't know, maybe this person, as they worked as a professional dancer, maybe they felt marginalized as a man. I don't know, maybe they just saw a lot of gender inequality, and so maybe that's why this person has a need to prove their manhood in some way. Um, I don't know. And I guess the question I had was, do Western men think these things but are smart enough not to say them? Or do Western men or other cultures don't think like that? Obviously, I'm talking in broad generalizations. But it really did reveal to me what the mentality is here, and people really showed their hands, and, you know, it just revealed to me kind of what I'm up against, but, you know, I'm going undaunted, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going through undaunted, and will be confronting that in appropriate ways as I am able. Similarly, uh, someone I know who is from a conservative Muslim country was in a conversation with a local man, and he proceeded to say that only he could go to the club, his wife could not. And my conservative Muslim friend from another Arab, from an Arab country, she confronted him with this immediately and was like, no, why are you saying you're going to the club but your wife can't? And I don't know if he really had an answer. And then another person from a uh, Spanish-speaking country interjected in the conversation also, no, that's right, why would you have, why would your wife not be able to do the same things that you are? So, you know, those are just a couple anecdotes that really reveal what the culture here is and, you know, leaves me pondering sort of how to cope with that. Last year, I really didn't experience that. But anyway, but that's a little bit about what I'm puzzled about today is gender inequality. I could go on and on on this topic for quite a while, but I will move on to question three. How long do I plan to stay? Things are going well. I'm enjoying being here. I love the city. And love the things I get to do here. Love being in a booming economy. So, my classes start next week at my school. So, a lot more will be revealed then. I've been involved with orientation this week and got to meet some of them. You'll be hearing more details about that in the future. But early indicators are positive. So, definitely hoping to 
make it to the end of the year of year two, and then we'll see what goes on beyond. So to summarize episode three, season two of Uzbekistan, I am very excited about public transportation. I am very puzzled by overt sexism and happy to continue this journey. So whoever you are, wherever you're listening, if you're in Turkey, if you're in Germany, if you're in Bremerton, Washington State, if you are in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, if you are in New York City, if you are in Tashkent, Uzbekistan, wherever you're listening, I am happy to hear from, happy to your listening and Uh, yeah, keep on sharing that out. Okay, over and out. Tune in next week for see what's happening next. Bye-bye.